Escape from Plan A. Hey listeners, welcome to this bonus episode of Escape from Plan A. I'm your host, Chris, and I'm here with Teen. Hey, what's up, Teen? Hey, what's going on, man? It's been a while. Yeah, um... Yeah, I can't remember the last time it was just the two of us, but it's always a joy when it's it's a duet, you know. Yeah, yeah. I re- I think I, I remember what we talked about last time. It was like a simpler time when we were talking about like, Wasn't oh, it what just do you a think random Blo- episode? Yeah, it was like, what do you think of Bloomberg's chances? <laughs> <laughs> and it God was like it. a totally different era, like you know, just uh, and and, and things at that time seemed like oh shit, like real shit is going down. We're having an election. Yeah, and it's crazy. It's, it's the, just the accelerated just so far past. In comparison, so much lower now, don't they? Like we were thinking, oh, this country is going to hell if like Bloomberg gets the nomination. And it just, uh, you know, it, it, the, the scale mm. of it now is just, yeah. You, yeah, I mean, I guess you, you mean like the, the, the stakes of the, of the election? It's just like the scope of See, it. Yeah, because now the mm. election almost doesn't even seem to matter because... It's like uh, fourth page news, right? It's just a, it's just like well, you, who even cares who gets elected because that person's not going to be able to uh, you know accelerate the develop of any vaccine or anything. So what does it matter? That kind of that kind of uh, stakes, it, yeah. it's just it's just shifted. Whereas before it was it was like very very like palace intrigue stuff. Oh, you know whose clique is going to get into the White House? Who's going to become like chief of staff? Now it's just like who gives a fuck? Yeah, someone you know someone had a good tweet i forgot who just some random person i saw um uh that said that the coronavirus like the covid19 is not the event it is the setting and i thought that was actually a pretty interesting tweet because i kind of feel like that's what's going on i think you know i wanted to jump on this today and talk a bit um about the george floyd uh uh, murder i mean i'll just call it a murder i think we all saw what we saw and um you know, I think all that was taking place. It's it's taking place inside of a time when already things are like really tense. Like this is in, you know, a time when people are already fucking sick of the lockdown and the economy is totally fucked and people are out of work and there's already social demonstrations and stuff. And then this thing happens and it's yeah. just I mean, not, not like to mention crazy. just this, uh, you know, large overall decrease of faith in the government. Uh, just totally like the tide went out yeah also i think it's important to note that the, the george floyd thing i think is i mean there's there's already so much shit before uh that the the jogger guy uh, armad arbery his name oh my uh, god christian cooper who wasn't killed but easily could have the guy in, in yeah. central park the bird watcher and there was brianna taylor um the woman she was killed recently as well remember that guy who was on facebook live he was killed too. It's just, um, I mean, the, the the disgusting thing is like George Floyd is just the latest of a whole bunch. And I think this was just the breaking point. Um, just, it just, just a culmination of it. And it, yeah, I mean, I think because like with Arbery, it was they they were like ex cops. They weren't like cops, right? And then this one, I don't know. There was just something. I, I don't know what it was. It's it, for me. It seemed like there was just something so like just with the knee on the neck like what how much 
more explicit could the signal be made that they you know they've got it they've they've literally got the 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 boot on your neck you know like that was just insane um also like i think maybe the the state had something to do with it just just the setting because like uh philando castile was that was also minneapolis right yeah i don't know if it was minneapolis definitely minnesota yeah there was i mean i think there was some stuff that happened in milwaukee i don't know if, if a guy got but i remember there was maybe like a well he wasn't an nba player but he might have been some kind maybe like a a college basketball player or something in a parking lot. I think something happened with him. I remember it was somewhere in Milwaukee, I think. And th- that whole area just is, I think, just has a, a long history and very like simmering things. That, you know, it's not as explosive as, say, in the Deep South, but it's been building up for a long time. It's also like contested political space. Like these are like, I don't know about Minnesota, but like that area is very, you know, was 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 like sort of the fulcrum uh, for 20, the 2016 election. Yeah, and, I mean, it still and is, I feel right? like that complicates stuff because like everyone wants to be really careful about the messaging and now Biden, like, the, you know, like Biden was just, they were like speculating he was just about to announce Klobuchar as his pick. And then it turns out mm-hmm. that she was, she had declined to prosecute another killing involving Derek Chauvin. If that, I, I guess that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, who's the cop that was on the video kneeling on George Floyd's neck? Like she declined to prosecute him. This happened like right before he's. It was. It was like you know, like he was about to, uh, about to maybe pick her. It just unreal. You know that that detail alone is just unreal to me. Yeah. Um, and you were saying now, now who's okay? Like uh, he obviously can't pick a man after what he said uh, publicly. Uh, so now, what are what are his choices? Right? It's it's uh, it's it's dwindling down uh, more and Stacey more. Stacey Abrams, um, uh, Kamala. Yeah. Though a prosecutor might not be the best choice. Right, right. I mean, right doesn't Kam- uh, Kamala have the the same problem? I mean, not as direct as Klobuchar, but you know, that's kind of one of the things that that sunk her campaign. Yeah, cop. Uh, What's her, like cop Mala. She's a cop. She her she's yeah, she's she's yeah. she's got the her nickname is just basically cop, right? Um also I, I just realized that guy's name, Chauvin, is like chauvinist. It's just yeah. <laughs> how can you have a name like that? Yeah. Oh Jesus Christ. So okay, so I wanted I won't I I felt it was necessary for us to bring uh, address this topic because of course uh one of the cops, uh To Tao, I believe is his name. Uh, is uh, Asian American. Uh, he's Hmong, who are from uh, L- uh, Laos, and uh, he is one of the four police that were fired and that were part of this uh, killing. And uh, I'm sure everyone's seen it, but or maybe not. I don't know. But he he's um, sort of he's not directly participating physically in the in subduing and therefore killing Floyd, but he is standing right nearby in the video and essentially being sort of, in my opinion, uh, a watchdog in order to keep the people who the bystanders that were recording them on their cameras, God bless those people, uh, from getting a fuller view of what was going on because they were partially obstructed by the, by the cop car. And, of course, the fact that this uh, cop is Asian really 
puts Asian Americans in a tricky spot when it comes to talking about this. And I wanted to just discuss the kind of things that we were seeing online. And of course, the article that Jay Caspian Kang wrote today, which I thought was one of the few good articles on this topic. Um, and I was really happy to see it be published on his Substack site. I was actually very um, surprised he did that because before that, he tweeted out uh, essentially uh, a summary of what he would expand on in that thing. And I thought mm-hmm. he would just delete it, uh, you know, like like he sometimes does with his tweets. But I'm guessing it's probably still up there because if he's willing to write, uh, you know, a whole mini article about it, he's really standing by uh, what he tweeted then. So good, good for him. Yeah, he he. Uh, so, OK, so let's just. With the with the notion that one of the, these cops is a is is an Asian American, um, he Jay has sort of like quote tweeted a couple reactions that I that he feels are of the type of reactions that you will see commonly among Asian Americans, especially ones that have a Twitter following or are um, you know sort of in media or adjacent to it, etc the Asian blue check crowd. And one is by, of course, Jeff Yang. Uh, Jeff Yang. Our good, our good friend, Jeff Yang. Yeah, wonderful friend, Jeff Yang of St. Anne's High School. Uh, <laughs> who, Vina Dunham's alma mater, among other, yeah. luminous, uh, other luminaries. Yeah. So Jeff Yang says, any Asian person who's talking about the harm done to our communities during COVID needs to call this out. Hashtag George Floyd was brutally murdered. This man stood by and let his fellow cops, fellow cops do it. Uh, re- retweeted a guy, Trayvon Free, who has uh, a picture of uh, Totao on his, uh, you know, in, in that tweet. There's another one. I think he stripped. Is this still maybe uh, this still might be Jeff Yang or this might be tweets that he stripped of the name. I'm not sure. Seeing the Asian cop stand guard while his partner casually murders behind him reinforces how important it is to address anti-blackness in the Asian community. Silence and complacency will only continue to perpetuate white supremacy. I especially want to urge my Asian American brothers, sisters, and siblings to speak up against racial injustice and police brutality. We must use our voices to speak out for other people of color when they need help. Do not stand by and let our privilege make us complacent. Um, there's another guy, Brian Yang, uh, who's a comedian. I actually follow him on Twitter. The Asian cop involved in George Floyd's murder is Totao, a Hmong man. Asians need to reckon with the fact that we are all too often subservient and party to white supremacy because we are seen as model minorities. We benefit from this fucked up society. Don't play into it. And, uh, you know, I think I kind of want to get into this because on the surface, you know, I could see these being, quote, responsible tweets, but they piss me off. And I've always tried to explain why they piss me off. And it's hard because when you try to explain why these tweets piss you off, you immediately get labeled, obviously, as, you know, anti-black, complicit, etc. But I think JCK gave an explanation as to what is wrong with these kinds of tweets. I think there's a couple more that, uh, I mean, uh, what, what are your reactions? Because um, I want to later. I'll, I'll read a couple other tweets that I thought were in line with this. But yeah, I do have to wonder if he's been, you know, scoping out our tweets because I think a whole bunch of us from Plan A were, were saying some things along these lines uh, before even this came out. But yeah, the thing that obviously, like what this 
dude did, you know, the cop is not good, definitely should not be, uh, you know, tolerated or anything. But okay, so they're talking about like privilege, privilege, privilege. Okay, um, if you spend any time in these kind of Asian American activist spaces, especially ones uh, which you have a lot of like East Asians in them, you'll constantly hear this uh, equating uh, Southeast Asians with essentially being like, uh, you know, not that much better off than like black people. They'll say, you know, Southeast Asians have much less, uh, you know, income. And, you know, that's what the whole like data disaggregation effort is all about, right? It's essentially saying, yeah, the, these Southeast Asians aren't, aren't should, don't taint them with, with the, with, with the Chinese, rich Chinese or, or rich Japanese or whatever. They're, they're so, you know, downtrodden. They're so oppressed. We really need to take care of them. Yet and, and 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 sorry, it's 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 often East Asian people that are saying that, right? Right, it's right, not, right. And yeah. th- this is this is the biggest bullshit. And and this is why you know that none of these people really give a shit about these Southeast Asians. You look up Hmong Americans; they're like, uh, like average incomes like forty eight thousand. That's really low. You know, that's like among I think some of the lowest of any eth- ethnicity group. And uh, you know, low, relatively low edu- uh, education, educational attainment. All sorts of trouble. I mean, uh, for God's sake, you know, they were in Gran Torino, that that movie, you know, like where they, they were like this desperate people uh, in need of, of help by Clint Eastwood. So you, so you, on one end, when when these like, I think usually East Asian activists uh, need to talk down to their rival East Asians or whatever other groups or that they don't like, they'll say, oh, you know what, shut your mouth, uh, stop, stop being so center, self-centered. We got to think of these poor, you know. Uh, Cambodians and Hmong and and whatever. Yet in in this instance, in which, um, but now they uh, they're, they're talking about uh, Asian privilege. Uh, so this are they saying that this Hmong guy is is the same as like a very wealthy like Taiwanese American or like Indian American? You know, topping the income groups. The the thing they always use to talk about you know uh, Asian American privilege. So it's just very inconsistent, and it just seems like the. All their for all their fire when it comes to talking to other Asians, as soon as there's public pressure uh, from other people, they, they fold instantly. Yeah, and, and Jay Jay gets into this notion in his article. Um, and let me see where to begin. So, the updated social media version of this phenomenon he's talking about assumes a position of privilege and performatively demands an examination or a calling out of anti-blackness in our community without much explanation of what any of those phrases mean. And while there's an affirmative command to go out and do something, the tone has always felt defensive, at least to me. The concern isn't so much to come out and confront anti-blackness, quote, in our community, but rather to dissociate oneself from the racist in the video. He may look like me, but I am not him. Real Asian Americans reject him. Don't let any of his racism splash on me. It shouldn't surprise anyone that these declarations almost always come from elite educated, upwardly mobile East Asians, and they're almost always directed at poorer or at the very least less genteel immigrants, whether nail salon workers, beauty shop owners, or in this case, a Hmong American policeman. There is almost no overlap between these groups. They might have each have representatives at a summit or panel discussion in an academic setting, but Hmongs and other poor Asian groups really only become Asian American when they fuck up and do something racist or when they unexpectedly do something that falls in line with the sort of elite multicultural promoted by the professional Asian Americans. 
And because these moments really only exist online, the plebes get further reduced down to video stills and images where any of the context of their lives gets stripped away. They are just a face that kind of looks like my face, which makes them a threat. Well, well said, well said. Um, yeah, I think and that's that, my, yeah. And that's one of my problems with these days that we must discuss anti-blackness in our community, but the subtext there is you should discuss your anti-blackness, you know, and they're talking to other Asian Americans who are not like them. And, and yeah, usually these Asian Americans are in, in some like culture industry, whether they're academics, writers, uh, you know, entertainers or stuff in the most, you know, white, in the types of industries where you're most dependent on white approval. And I would at least give them some credit. If they seem to at least reflect upon themselves. And, and when they talked about having to examine anti-blackness, uh, it was more centered on them uh, you know, in some like struggle session, uh, racial struggle session, then I think that would still be a little, you know, irritating to watch, but at least it would be about them. But it's, the implication is always somebody else. And it's always falls down to the, you know, the, the kind of like embarrassing groups, you know, the, the fobs, the, the enclavers, the, the, uh, you know, the unassimilated, whether because they're recent immigrants or they're, they're you know, they're just typed it the type of Asian Americans who aren't that white acceptable because they only hang out with other Asians or whatever. So remember that, that, uh, that online project where you had those pe- those college students who were like writing letters to their parents, pleading them to re-examine their anti-blackness. It's, it's like that <clears throat> stuff. Yeah. It's like, okay, no, I, I know there are lots of those types of people, but it's always pushing it on, onto someone else. And it's rarely, any, any kind of real self-examination on their own part. And I, I think they got plenty to examine themselves about because often these are, as I said, uh, people in the most uh, white-dependent industries. And if, they're, if they've made a name for themselves, I'm sure they're complicit in a lot of shit. Yeah, and I, 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 tweeted, I tweeted out uh, before. I mean, I, I think I have a very similar... I, I don't totally... Uh, I, I, I mean, I think I have a little bit of a different, slightly different interpretation. Fundamentally, I agree with what he's saying. Um, but I think like, uh, part of it is for me that it's kind of bullshit, especially when they're talking about anti-blackness in this case, Asian anti-blackness is there is anti-Asian blackness that you can talk about, but this ain't it like to, to, you, and you I mean, feel anti-blackness like- among Asians. Asian anti-blackness. Yeah. Yeah, Like what happened in Minneapolis is there are white supremacists in the Minneapolis police department. That's what happened. And I don't know what's going on with this guy, Total, but he is not the motivating force in that police department. He's clearly like the lackey. Right. And Asian anti-blackness to me is a different topic. And I, I, I retweeted someone uh, a younger Asian American. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say her name. I, I, you know, but I, I retweeted what she said. She said a very similar thing about how we need to, uh, really think about the ways in which model minority and Asian anti-blackness in our, again, in our communities, um, affects this. And I said, look, like, I, I, I know I've seen Asian anti-blackness. This isn't what that is. Like, this is white supremacy in the police force like Asian anti-blackness. I feel like what they've done here is taken a page from say 1992 and the LA riots and, and, and the, you know, events that led up to that and 
the distrust that ha- was sown between the Korean American community in K Town in L.A. Uh, it, and 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 the and the black community in South Central L.A. that they have grafted on a very very specific racial dynamic in a very specific place and time. And they've just taken that and and been lazily throwing it around. And in a way, it it like these people are doing the very topic of anti-blackness among Asian communities uh not very seriously by using it so casually. You know what I mean? Like it it it's almost like they're the ones that to me are most disrespectful of the topic. Because this isn't even a good example of what we're talking about. You know what I mean? Like, what are these people like what what Jay what Jay is saying? Like, he doesn't they don't know anything about the life of like fucking what what like uh Jeff Yang. What the fuck does he know about Hmong Americans living in Minneapolis? Like, what does he know about their attitudes? relative to white people and black people in the context of Minneapolis. He doesn't give a shit about other, anything else other than his own kid being like, you know, getting a starring role in another sitcom now that Fresh Off the Boat <laughs> has been canceled. You know, like, yeah. the fuck does he know? That's, that's I don't know. I just think it's very disrespectful to, for them to, for us as Asian Americans to so casually throw around a topic like that. Yeah, so because what, what are they saying? Are they implying that uh, Hmong population in minnesota is joining the police in order to uh further white supremacy i mean i, I can't I, i'm not gonna say like that i'm not saying that either doesn't happen or, or does happen i'm just saying is that their argument because because uh, or is there is there a call to action hey asian american let's stop joining the police because if they just said something like that that would make sense right it, there's an actual thing a policy and an idea they're proposing saying um or is there is there a disproportionate number of Asian American cops in the police force? That's also something I don't know. And if it turns out there is, that would be something worth discussing and trying to say, hey, maybe we shouldn't do that. Maybe we should get that lower uh, because this either best case scenario, um, you, you're just going to end up, you know, just being a patsy or just you're just going to even if you have good intentions, you can't fight the system. So don't join it in the first place. But instead, they create this very nebulous idea of you know, anti-blackness in, in the Asian American community, which is, I think what's really going on is they're just, a lot of these uh, elite types, they're trying to assuage their own guilt at being so such good players in, in a white-dominated system. And they're making all the other uh, less well-off Asian Americans pay for it. And in some cases, like, there will be Asian Americans who will probably die because of this. They will get assaulted um, or, you know, get hurt or something like that. And and really, the calculation they've made in their head is that yeah, that that's that's okay because I, I need to look good and I need to preserve my own position. A couple other tweets: um, Sophia Chang, who is uh, someone who I think is a bit of a black culture vulture herself. She, um, some might be familiar with her, I don't know, but she's uh, she was associated with management of of uh, some hip hop acts back in the day, including. Uh, uh, was not digital on the ground with the Wu-Tang Clan. And um, she said, do not turn away in all caps. For me, this image of an Asian cop turning his back on a white cop as he murders a black man symbolizes patently the anti-blackness that exists within our community. And um, I, I respond. I mean, I I really really hated this tweet because I'm like, you're a Chinese American woman 
You don't know shit about, again, you don't know shit about the Hmong American community. You don't know shit about it. So I don't know what this exists without our community even ta- is, is about. But second, and th- you know, this is another aspect of these call out tweets that I hate about lecturing to Asian people. Do not turn away. I'm like, let's, let's be real here. It's really not a high bar to look at what happened there and side with the protesters and side against the cops. Like, it's not like a controversial position to be like, yeah, those cops murdered him. I don't think that's a hard. I don't think it takes a lot of soul searching or a lot of courage to reach that conclusion. But her tweet makes it to be like, you don't turn away from this as if like, you know, all the Asian people are like, I refuse to accept. As if there's like a horde of yellows coming to this guy's defense saying, yeah, he should, if anything, he should have just like, uh, you know, put his knee even down harder and faster. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's this, it's this um, creation of a false image of, you know, this guy. And it's interesting because the picture she has is of him sort of with his back to, um, uh, uh, to, to Floyd and to Chauvin uh, in the background there. So she's almost saying like, you are this guy, like, you know, like the, this is Asian people right here. And this is a, this is someone who's really made her career, in my opinion. Um, I don't know that much about her, but I do follow her um, off being sort of the, the cool exception to, you know, just Asian blandness and just like she's the person who like, you know, leans into black culture and is going to act as that bridge between Asian and black culture. And she's always trying to promote the idea that she kind of inspired a little bit of the Asian spiciness to Wu Tang and was part of that. Wu Tang was really a black Asian collaboration and all this stuff. And I don't know, like I feel, you know, this is a, this is an example of, I think, I guess what I'm saying is, Whereas Jay is saying, like, there's a degree to which Asian people are, like, laundering their guilt. I think at some point he said, um, why would the Hmong community have to carry the guilt burdens of wealthy Chinese, Korean, and Japanese immigrants? Uh, And why, for God's sake, do upwardly mobile Chinese, Korean, and Japanese immigrants feel the need to launder their own class guilt through the Hmongs? Like, I agree with that. Uh, and I'll get to another tweet that I think says that. This one, I think, is a tweet that is really about making yourself a personal branded exception from Asian blandness in yeah, the culture who, industry. Like, let's be real. That tweet is not meant for Asian Americans. Like, no Asian American who's on the fence is going to see that. Be like, oh, yeah, that, that really changed my mind. That, that tweet yeah, is out for all, the, for all the non-Asians to show that, hey, you know, I'm, I'm one of the good ones. Um, there was a... Uh, you know, our friend Trevor from Champagne Sharks, he had, he had one of the funniest tweets a couple of days ago uh, that, that I've seen in recent times in which he had four screenshots. And in the first three screenshots, he showed him searching the term fellow whites. Um, and then uh, all the tweets that came up were uh, usually white women talking about, you know, my fellow white people, we must um, we must do our part and, you know, dismantle this uh, system that we have all played a part in benefiting from <laughs> All that. The last tweet yeah, was him muting the word fellow whites because because he knows uh, that this is all for them. This is not really about persuading white people on the fence um, who you know 
we're about to commit harm. They see that and like, oh, damn, you know, uh, this person's right. I, I really need to check my privilege and and help out help out the less fortunate. This is really about signaling that they're one of the good ones, and uh, you know, and, and and to a certain extent, I understand the bind that if you're like an elite person in these situations that you're in, because if you don't say anything, people will accuse you of, I don't know, agreeing with, with what happened. But then when, when you try to oppose it, you just sound so phony and performative. Yeah, seriously. I mean, like, I, I just think like if these kind of tweets really piss me off because I think it does force Asian people onto the defensive uh, to an extent to be like, yo, I don't support this thing because, okay, obviously nobody, in my at least nobody I know saw that no Asian person that I know saw that and was like yeah I think the cops were were within their rights you know yeah, like exactly. nobody and but 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 these tweets push us back down into that and are using and they love like these people love posting the image of uh Total they love putting the image of the Asian cop to remind everyone hey there's an Asian in here too you know yeah, he, and he, he I'm like not this- I'm pushing, they're pushing off that, you know, and, and, but at the same time saying like, this is our community, this guy is a representative of our community. I'm the exception. And the, the part of it that is actually worse than what I think white people do is, and this is, this is a, maybe unique to a degree with Asians that makes it especially appalling for me, um, is exactly what you were saying earlier is like in good time, like in normal times, these are usually the same people. It's the same mentality. These are the people that are always like, you know, um, like we are not a monolith. We, yeah, you know, exactly. there's, you know, there, we, we, we East Asians cannot hog the limelight and purport to speak for these underrepresented minorities like the Mongs. But when the, exactly what Jay, Jay was saying was when they fuck up, then we're a community. <laughs> Right? right like you know then then it's like oh um you know uh yeah 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 when they fuck up yeah yeah that's all asian people that's all asian people because they want to be the exception to asian people you know like that that they're i i think that's it, it's fundamentally a signal that they just don't find the asian brand to be desirable it's embarrassing like, it's, a, it's like to them it's it's a drag it's a burden on the on their way to whatever they want, whether it's like, uh, I don't know, like corporate respectability, or they want to fit in with, you know, the artsy cool kids or whatever. It's always like this huge, um, like this I don't know, this iron tire around their neck, and it's it's always this annoyance that oh, you know, again, I got, I gotta keep dealing with this thing. And yeah, yeah, I mean, they're always talking about data desegregation, data desegregation. We're not a monolith. We are, uh, you know, we are diverse and all that and and then they're like we asian americans they can't even agree what asian american means like are we including like brown asians are we including like south asians here uh and then suddenly when when something like this happens uh the truth really comes out what 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 they really just kind of are fearful of and it's it's yeah yeah it's like it's 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 a desire to separate yourself from chinkiness that's what yeah and and I, i should clarify like like you know the re the reason I think like you would think that if they wanted to distance if they actually wanted to distance themselves from this that they would be like no Hmong, Hmongs and uh, Chinese are not the same at all it's it's worse than that the, the reason I think they want to collapse it when when another group within the Asian umbrella fucks up particularly if there's a visual similarity right 
is like they want now the right to beat this guy down. They want the right to get in there and be the moral authority and and be like, yeah, this is our community and I'm going to speak up against it. And it's just it's so opportunistic, but it's so fucked up because it's like it's kind of unassailable in a way. It's very hard to convince people of what's going on because on the surface, it really looks like, oh my God, this is like an Asian person speaking up against their own interests as an Asian person to be like, holy shit, they're, they've got the, they're so brave to call it out, you know? Yeah, the, the eternal this, Asian American struggle is the struggle for relevance. So this is, um, even if it is taking, even if it is like endangering a, lo- a large part of your community, of you know fellow yellow-faced people this does make you relevant because now you get to be as you said the brave um iconoclast against the intrinsic uh possibly genetic um you know racism of your people yeah i think you know in terms of like what's brave to say i mean i think it's much harder to say look Everyone's jumping to conclusions here about Asian people because the cop was Asian, but the specific context by which Asian people get drawn into the police, the specific context by which we become literally and legally complicit with white supremacist hate crimes like this, you know, it deserves more attention and 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 actual understanding of how that happened rather than just the same East Asian people who are going around all the time saying East Asian people don't speak for all Asians, suddenly speaking for all Asians. Right, right. You know? Such bullshit. Another one, okay, so another one by Kat Chow, uh, another blue check. What are the most thoughtful nonfiction personal essays that you've read from an Asian American writer that tries to make sense of their family's anti-blackness and racism? This is more on the NPR spectrum of the responsible Asian American uh, tweet about anti-blackness. You know, like, I didn't think that this one reeked as much of the opportunism and branding as Sophia Chang's, but this one I think was more of your average responsible white adjacent liberal kind of Asian American who kind of wants to do the white liberal thing and is like, you know, I'm going to reflect upon my privilege. You know, this is an opportunity for me to really think deeply about these issues and maybe consider the ways in which I'm a part of the problem. You know, like well, but if you if you notice thing. the way that she words her tweet is is their family, so which makes me think that this is just a retread of that whole letter to our parents thing, in which it'll just devolve into talking about their their racist grandma, you know, who lived in like Vietnam until she was like fifty, then c- comes to America, uh, and then is you know stuck at home all the time and has a, a you know some very unpc thoughts about race, and and that's 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 the extent uh, to which they'll examine their their anti blackness. If she says something like an Asian American writer trying to make sense of like their own anti-blackness especially like a young blue check hey you know what I'll, i would give credit to that and at least give it a read to see how deep the, these analysis go but you know the, the their family that's just code for for your backwards ass immigrant parents and, and grandparents yeah it's 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 almost like they're just because it's so it's kind of entrenched now where because um i think the you know there is here's the here's the thing and it's a very I don't like bringing it up a lot because I just don't think it it's um it's helpful in a lot of cases though I think about it this way it's like when we talk about the Asian anti-blackness 
there is definitely in that embedded into that this assumption that Asian equals junior white, right? Like Asians are not really POC, and you hear this from uh, black people a lot. To be honest, I hear a lot of people saying like, "Do we, are Asian people even really a POC?" and uh, and I think with people like Kat Chow who tweet like this, I think that there are – I'm reading a lot. Of, I don't know much about her, to be honest, but I'm just saying like this tweet, if I'm extrapolating the kind of like you know, archetype of an Asian American that I think this represents, um, is are themselves sort of on the fence as to whether we're actually POC or not. You know, like are we more actually like but white that's people? That's exactly and- their problem because they – if, if you know, if there's anybody who's like the most white adjacent Asian American, it's it's them. It's the blue check crowd. And I think that and yeah. I think they know that. And yeah. that's that's why they have the most constant need to keep uh shoveling this off uh to to other Asian Americans because they know that they are kind of complicit in the system and they know that everyone else kind of thinks the same thing. So they gotta always be trying to prove that that they're not. And and that that's why I really don't like the way that they always push it off and 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 you know they find it a very uh you know very neat way to, to blame it on, on on another group and then they claim that we're ta- like as if they're taking it upon themselves but they're not because they're shoveling it off uh to a subgroup that they ultimately don't really identify with even if they all look yeah. asian yeah and, and and i think that's the sub the subgroup i think is often um you know the fucked up part is that there's a racism to the way that that we we divide up Asian America by ethnicity because we just assume, for example, that all East Asians are like these rich, super educated people. And I think, no doubt, like I know East Asian people, you know East Asian people. Among the elite end of that, there definitely is an ingrained belief, I believe, in the inherent superiority of East Asians. You know, like there really is, I think, this growing sense of like, you know, maybe we just are better shit. I don't know. And I think they're not the ones joining the police, though. No, exactly. And that so there's a racism to that in the sense that there's a belief that East Asians they're like there's it's flirting with the idea of an inherent ethnic superiority in a hierarchy and of course, the flip side of that, which is that the jungle Asians, so to speak, the Southeast Asians are somehow inferior. And none of that's true. None of it's borne out by the data. Uh, Filipino Americans have much, much higher uh, per capita income on average than Chinese Americans or Korean Americans. Yeah. And I, I was looking um, up someone who says uh, apparently Korean Americans uh, average income lower than, than Thai Americans. So that's like, I, th- I think like Koreans and Vietnamese have relatively similar uh, types of income i'm not sure uh, i think but, and chinese are not are not too dissimilar as well i mean chinese are yeah, not I, th- I think taiwanese you know, are up there and i think we all kind of know taiwanese why are, yeah. Uh, yeah but yeah, yeah like you're probably like your typical like mainlander uh especially if they didn't come very recently like there's no reason they'd be that that wealthy yeah so there's an inherent racialism in it and i think it kind of avoids and this is the thing about this um this crowd this blue check crowd that really annoys me is they're not honest about class. They're not honest that their concerns about the quote, our Asian community is all based off of a class identity that they cannot break out of and that they know renders them quote, inauthentic to, to a degree because yeah. the, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, and, and the fact that uh, this this officer is Hmong is is really inconvenient. It's kind of like the same way that someone like Andy Go is is a gay Vietnamese American. Uh, mm-hmm. I saw him trending today. I don't know what the fuck, like what fuckery he was up to today. Um, I think he was spreading lies about some some of the some of the protesters in Minneapolis. But you know, like you you want to just just based on how he looks, you, like I think a lot of these elite Asian Americans they want to attack him as just like another like privileged. Uh, you know, yellow guy, but you know he's also gay and he's Southeast Asian, and those are two groups that, uh, you know, uh, unless these things type of happen within the whole Asian American activist circle, those are two um, of the more protected groups. Uh, but then, as I said, as soon as there's pressure from the outside, um, we all just become a bunch of yellows. And, and 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 you know, if they really believed in this whole, you know, hierarchy among Asians, you know. Hum- Hmongs are among the among the lowest in that group because you know they they, they don't do that well in America, especially compared to, uh, you know, as as I said, like say Taiwanese Americans or Japanese Americans or like Indian Americans or whatever. But as I said, like uh, absolutely no even attempt to just be like, yeah, what he did was fucked up. But hey, you know what? Maybe like joining the police is one of the few economic opportunities available uh, for them. Uh, maybe they they face you know brutal racial hazing and all that in the police force and you know he was like broken down psychologically or whatever that is not the of course not to excuse what he did which is terrible but still uh none of that uh they just treat him as essentially like i don't know some like like asian frat bro or someone who who like did some horrible shit at like usc it's like yeah the, the total- yeah he's yeah he's the asian bro who thought he was cool and then would like you know just just you know say oh fuck 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 any personal responsibility i'm just gonna hang out with the white guys and learn how to be a white supremacist and join the cops like that's all they know because they went to college at usc or the fuck right like that's yeah. they don't know this guy they don't know anything about this guy so they just write a fucking story for him and it's such fucking bullshit and then the other thing is like and this is okay this is why I mean I think all these kinds of things it's like okay it's frustrating cuz it's like you know it's frustrating cuz there is a hypocrisy to it or whatever but the thing that really ultimately motivates my anger about this shit is like you know there's like it's so I just want there to be some number of Asian American people if you're listening to this or whatever like that are developing trying to develop a sense of place and purpose and and being situated in america like to not back down from what you see in reality and i think it's a very very uncomfortable i'm uncomfortable talking about it often but i force myself to sometimes online and i get dragged for by black twitter and i just don't care because i'm saying (laughs) what i'm saying i really don't care you know because it's like what are they gonna first of all nothing at stake like the the advantage is i i'm not a fucking like professional writer or anything like that i've got nothing to lose but Honestly, when you say the t- the word, the phrase Asian anti-blackness or anti-blackness in the Asian community, can you also like we can throw that around all day, these these blue checks or whatever. And we learn to follow in their footsteps and we train the young people coming out of college to be like, we must acknowledge Asian privilege and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But are they ever comfortable saying anti-Asianness in the black community? Are they ever comfortable bringing that up and the answer is no they're not comfortable because they don't know how to talk about it but is it real of course it's fucking real before and this is what jeff yang i think was getting at i mean going back to his thing let's just take a look here he said any asian person who's talking about the harm done to our communities during covid needs to call this out george Floyd. okay so why what why did he preface that 
with the Asian people who are talking about the harm done to our communities during COVID. And I think what he's talking about, of course, is the very uncomfortable fact that I feel it's almost, I wouldn't say quite the majority, I'm, I'm going just by anecdotal evidence of what I've seen online, but a very good percentage of the f- physical attacks that have taken place against Asian people during, the, during COVID have been black people. And that, I think, is a very uncomfortable discussion. But to me, it's like, look, those people got victimized. That elderly woman at the train station, way, or at, the, at the train platform, she got drop kicked in the face. You know what I mean? Like, what are you going to say about that? And Jeff Yang is just further, you know, just pushing down the... You know, the safety, the interest, the right of these people to protect themselves, to like for us as a community to uh, to even just mention that that happened, much less advocate for them. You know, he's just pushing it further down and he's a fucking St. Anne's boy. He only gives a shit about his like, you know, chubby ass son who's no longer got a TV show. That's who he is. But he wants to go on Twitter with his fucking blue check and start to say, any Asian person who's talking about the harm done to our communities during COVID needs to do as I say. Fuck you, Jeff Yeg. We should, I mean, we should have. It we just pisses a, me off. We should make like a new social contract or something. Because I've also noticed that a lot of people who uh, get attacked, I think uh, if you had to kind of aggregate them all, tend to be like elderly immigrant Asian women who seem to be at most risk. Yeah. So. How about a deal? Like, like you can attack Asians, but you got to attack like Asian blue checks. I wonder how fast their their tune would change if they legitimately thought that it would be them and not like some some grandma in in like Flushing or or like Chinatown who, who was at risk. I'm sure I'm sure their tune would change real quick. Honestly, I think I think people like Jeff Yang are such fucking careerist, uh, you know, just just hustlers that. Honestly, he would be more afraid to be dragged for being anti-black and canceled than he would to get his, have his fucking nose broken, you know, <laughs> honestly. And and here's the thing is like, uh, you know, it's because they're stupid. At the end of the day, it's because like Jeff Yang is a fucking moron. And at the bottom, like if you were to really tease apart, I guarantee you, if you were if you were to really be open to talk about this shit. Like he would start dropping, he would start dropping shit and theories as to why, if he was ever willing to talk about it, that we're borderline fucking racist as to why we see so many attacks by black people against Asians. Because he's fucking stupid. And the and 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 the more you suppress this topic, honestly, the more you allow the easy, simple, stupid thoughts to form, because you don't allow there to be a deeper discussion as to why. Why is this happening? Like, why is it that it seems that there's a lot of like non-white on non-white crime out there. You know, like, is it having, is it something to do possibly with the fact that we live in like a brutal fucking society that's racist in design. And so everyone's just trying to crab bucket someone else to the bottom. I don't know. Like that, that could be you, their intent though, because you know, if, if the only alternative to, to them is some like craziness, it just makes them their own like weak ass arguments look more right. Right. The, the thing they would fear the most is, is is you know a rational and and uh, like a like a counter argument to them that actually makes sense. So it's like oh no, we we have nothing to counter that with. So let's just suppress it as much as we can until the only way that that is ex- expressed, uh, if they don't agree with us, is is just like total loony loony tunes. 
then you know that that's the only way they can seem more correct in in comparison. I think they're hiding stuff. I think Jeff Yang is your typical greasy Hollywood shitbag who's probably racist as fuck. And, uh, you know, deep down, he's got some weird ass ideas. I remember like he's he's had some weird tweets oh, yeah, about to, like Philip, right? That's the one you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. One. Like he was like, hey, don't worry about uh, this uh, white guys taking Asian girls because there's he's just got plenty of pure Asians to replenish the stocks. You're like, yo, yo, whoa, 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 dude, what the fuck are you talking <laughs> about, man? And then, you know, honestly, like, you know, you see someone like Sophia Chang and I'm like, yo, let's be honest. You're a culture vulture on black culture. You, I mean, you just lean so hard on the fact that you're associated with uh, Wu-Tang. It's kind of tired at this point. You know what I mean? Like, we get it. You're cool. You're cool. I get it. You know, like, I feel like in a way they're often covering up something about themselves uh, through this uh, signaling of, you know, I'm going to take this thing that every single person in the country, including CNN, is taking seriously. I am going to be serious about this too. And I'm not going to be like this shitty cop, you know? It's so, I'm so glad. Thank you to Jay Caspian Kang for calling that out because a lot of the, our established writers aren't willing to do it. They're just not willing to fucking do it. And I, I don't know of any reason for Jay to have done it other than he believes it. And that's such a shocking and radical thing to see is a fucking writer apparently writing what he actually thinks rather than what he thinks would help his brand. So yeah, very true. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Rant over for me, man. I think I got it all. Just <laughs> we cursed a few people out. Uh, yeah. What about you, man? What's what's going on with you on this? Are you got any you got any? More thoughts um, on I mean, this? It just, it's as I said, it's, it's the same old, same old, right? It's the the pretending to be this almost like Christ-like figure taking upon the sins of all Asian Americans, but it's really not upon themselves. As I said, they're really just just passing off the hot potato to to the more defenseless, voiceless, platformless groups that um that help might not even know that anyone's talking about them on Twitter because you know they they've got their own uh, networks and and social groups. And so it's it's that it's that fakeness where, as I said, if if they really, is is if it were actual genuine self flagellation, as I said, I would be kind of interested in what these people have to say because yeah, if you yeah, are, if you are like a blue check Asian American, there's there's a lot of shit you'd have to eat from just the, your white superiors, and you know the, the anti blackness, anti blackness, yeah, but you know on the gradient, uh, you know pro whiteness is essentially a form of anti-blackness. And I think a lot more Asian Americans are actually guilty of that rather than the more cartoonish, you know, saying the N word or like beating up some like black person or, or, you know, harassing them. Uh, you know, I think it's much more common that you just kind of play along with, with, with white people. And, and it just happens that whether you're like in a police force or in just like some social group, you tend to adopt their ways and their ways are usually quite racist. Uh, so if they were really exa- were, uh, willing to examine that uh, amongst themselves, I, I would be interested in listening and reading about it. But as I said, it's never that. It's really just about kind of like blaming your parents or other pure Asian Americans who, who aren't quite in your well as well assimilated. Uh, That's circle. it, isn't it? I mean, when are we going to hear exactly? When are we going to actually see a white liberal, a liberal, any liberal explain their own racist feelings? Right, right. Because you know with the mean? white lips, it's, it's always about Uncle Billy in like uh, uh, you know Skokie, Illinois, 
uh, who who goes hunting and and you know shoots a picture of of Malcolm X in a, in his uh, gun range. It's never really about themselves, right? And it's the same yeah. shit. Or or asking the questions that have on its surface the 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 appearance that the answer is going to have a racist uh, has a has a racist tilt to it. But asking that question seriously, like I think the question of why is there so much black on Asian crime when there is so little Asian on black crime, this case notwithstanding, of course, but and other cases of police violence where Asian cops are involved. Okay, but if you look at the stats, it's a fact. And I think that we are scared of tackling these things because we haven't thought it through. We think that this must be we we automatically would become racists by confronting these facts. And I just don't think it's true, but people are not willing to confront the facts. They're not willing to talk about and think about why that's happening because I think we're too dumb or scared um, because we assume that we're going to have a racist conclusion, you know? And, and I think it's, 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 it's someone's got to take the mantle on that. And be like, no, like you can you can look at this very lopsided data as to who commits crimes against Asian people and not end up with an indictment of black people, you know, but no one's willing to have that discussion because they're too busy fucking virtue signaling, running away from the problem. Maybe that's what they secretly think. That's what, that is I, what they. That's what I know. That's what Je- I bet you. That's what a Jeff Yang thinks. And, I mean, it, when it comes them, down to they're it, they're telling themselves right when, when they say like, you know, Asi- Asians are basically white people. That's because they themselves deep down think they themselves are that. I, I guarantee it's all, it's you, like some projection, some like working class uh, Asian person in in like Jackson Heights or whatever. They don't think they're white, uh, so they're just yeah. projecting their own neuroses, their own insecurities, their own guilt. Ah, just sickening. Yeah, um, I mean, it should go without saying though. The obviously, and we, I mean, here's the fuck. The most annoying part of this is like we gotta, as Asian people, gotta fight through our own, you know, self-imposed limitations in 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 discourse. But it should go without saying that, you know, I find I think we we all find. I'll speak for Chris here because I assume we've talked about this a bit. It's horrifying what's going on over there. I mean, that video was fucking horrifying. I don't, I don't, I don't think that. Seeing an Asian cop there or me being Asian and having maybe this is not true any this is not true in my life, but for a lot of people, more white friends than black, that uh that I would somehow side with the cops here. Like, you know, I just don't think it's that hard to see that this is a horrifying incident. I don't think seeing this as a horrifying incident makes you not racist or makes you um, you know self-checking of your privileges or biases it's very straightforward this was fucking murder on camera and i'm just i'm horrified that the 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 prosecutor the da is kind of waffling as to whether to bring charges probably he's saying he needs more evidence but he's got all the evidence he needs i think they're trying to figure they're trying to coordinate um how to bring charges and how to manage all the politics of it and the security of it and I think they're doing it in conjunction with the Department of Justice. The DOJ and the FBI ain't there just asking hard questions. They're collaborating on how to maintain order because this is a very scary situation. Chris, you know, you, there, there, was, there was a pretty big demonstration going on in Union Square right near you today. I, I, I just saw and, that uh, like tonight on, on uh, Twitter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I was gonna say more evidence. Like, why? Like, did they think that video was deep faked? Like, I don't understand what more evidence you could possibly need uh, to prove it. So, I mean, that, that already shows you that they're not taking this seriously. Well, and I think they are taking. I, I think they're taking the the overall social blowback of what happened seriously, but they're not well, yeah, taking that's why they, they, that's justice why they can't, seriously. Well, that's why they can't be honest with it, right? Because they know, like, yeah. many white people will get pissed off uh, because. They'll, they'll, I don't know. They'll, they'll probably bring it, bring up some past incident where some, where they claim some like black murderer got off uh, too lightly or something, and it'll be very difficult for I don't know the DA or the governor to get reelected. So, but it, it's right there on video. You know what possibly, uh, what possible uh, more more could you be? You know. Well, I mean, as New Yorkers, we see that you know in New Yorkers uh, that the police department is a pretty much autonomous force that exists outside of the control of really any other part of the government. And uh, when when your mayor, like de Blasio, tried to reform the police, you know, through with a popular mandate to do so, the cops turned their literally told him to go fuck off and turned their back on him and was like, we hate you and we're not going to listen to you, you know. And so the, the cops are a formidable force. They're not under they're not under they're not like the military in a sense, though, even the military, I guess, has its own thing. But the military is under strict control by, you know, by the by the Pentagon and things like that. The police are so they're they're very like independent, you know, autonomous groups that the mayor, you know, when it comes to when push comes to shove, the DA and the mayor and, you know, they don't really have a lot of control over the cops. You know what I mean? Like, it's really scary. These cops really rule at the end of the day. They rule the streets with an iron fist and the, they can, the mayor and go fuck himself. Yeah. I mean, the mayor in Minneapolis has been saying like, yo, I want charges and they ain't coming because the police are like, fuck you. You know, it's very yeah. scary. You, you, I mean, you talked about this being a, like a scary situation. You do have to wonder, you know, what this summer is going to look like. And oh, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, I was just thinking like how, how pissed off the, the state department must be because this, I mean, this is the week that apparently uh, China conquered Hong Kong, right? And, and took it back from America, you know, to, I guess, whom it rightfully belonged or whatever. And, and, and all this shit happens and it's taking up all the, all the oxygen in the, in the media space. Uh, so I, I'm, they can't be too happy about this, right? Cause this is, this is not, this is not a good look for, for the country. No. And, and they're, they're, there's just such, like they're reporting now that the, um, uh, that the, the, the actual, police precinct that the cops are expect that they believe the cops worked at uh, is being burned down. But then I'm other, I'm seeing other things on social media where uh, at least some of the destruction that was going on to property, they have video of a guy doing it where they have think they've identified him as actually being a cop himself. Oh yeah. So I think that I sort of saw false that. Flag was, attacks the, and yeah, it's really scary. I mean, this is Minneapolis, you know what I mean? Like, it's you you don't think of Minneapolis. I mean, isn't that the town where Prince was like, oh, it's so cold, there's no bad people here or whatever? Like oh, really? Well, you your cops that? are kind of bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, um and Chris Rock was like, There's no black people in Minneapolis except for Prince and Kirby Bucket, uh, uh Kirby Puckett. This was like uh nineteen ninety-four. Like it's just such a different America, man. Like in Minneapolis, like I can't believe what's going on there. You know, Minneapolis was like the most whitewashed, bland city in America. Like we, you know, mm -hmm. uh, crazy, crazy. Where the, the Mighty Ducks movie happened. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, th this is uh, this is not 
totally related, but I, I was listening to a Citations Needed podcast uh, today, and they were talking about how the nightmare that's going to come when, when the NFL is, is going to try to reopen because it's, it's essentially going to be a referendum on how Trump handled the coronavirus. So you're going to have a whole bunch of like billionaire white owners who are almost all in favor of Trump versus uh, like a labor force of predominantly black people who, um, you know, their lives, are, I mean, their lives are always on the line when playing football, but it's, it's going to be even more so with the coronavirus. But they also, you know, the, the NFL union is also very weak. You know, they don't have guaranteed contracts. Some players won't be able to, to sit it out. And oh, my God, I mean, it, it could be like Kaepernick, but 100 times worse in addition to all this, it's just this summer is not going to be good. Mm. It's going to be it's going to be um, I, I don't think that in modern memory of anyone living, there was ever a summer like this, man, a fucking pandemic and multi-city, you know, protests, hurricanes, the, hurricanes that, are coming. Hurricanes. The hurricanes are going to be like fourth page news, man. They, they, they only take out what? One or two cities at a time. Um, like these are events that are not like Ferguson took place in one. You know, I mean, it, it was really located in one city and then it kind of was co-opted before it could really spread. But like the fact that we're seeing it in multiple cities all at once, I think there's just so much frustration and anger and you got COVID and you've got the worst economic. It's a depression. We're in an economic depression. We've got a labor participation rate, a real labor participation rate, never mind the fucking unemployment numbers that are like more people don't have a job than do. You know, like it's crazy. Yeah, and, and politically, no hope because no hope. I mean, on one hand, you got like a rapist, and on the other hand, you got a rapist. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I mean, Biden's already like demolished. He's like, it's already you know, whatever credibility that liberals had. Like Biden totally destroyed. I think the few remaining ones. So it's like you can't even you can't even find any kind of uh, narrative hope in, in the in the in the political uh, storyline. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope we tackle more of this like on the pod, like going forward. Just because, I mean, it's. You know, people joke about how, how much people use the word unprecedented, but it's because it is. Mm-hmm. It's because it is, you know, like um, it, it's everything feels very precarious now, man. Like we're, we're just living in a tinderbox. It's just everything. I don't know. I've I can and, and the timing of it and the way everything interlinks that. You know, with 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 Klobuchar and her connection to you know that and just everything, it's just like, is this shit scripted? Are we living in a fucking simulation? What is going on here? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, um, that was a good. That was good, man. I, I feel better getting some of that shit off my chest. Um, we'll, yeah. we'll link uh, some of the. We'll link the article that Jay wrote in the show notes, and um, yeah, hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, thanks everyone for listening to this bonus episode. Uh, Catch us at our next free episode, which will be coming out in just a few days. Mm